0: Alright, before we get into today's episode, if you're tired of playing season long fantasy and losing to teams like the Madison Bomb Pussies, the, the Easy Breezies, I don't know. Seven, give me another name here. I always I always I always blank at this part of the read. It says insert fantasy name according to sport, and I always blank.
1: Man Bear Puig.
0: Alright. Oh, okay. The man, I like that. Alright, so if you're tired of losing to the Man Bear Puig uh, every season, then you need to check out Thrive Fantasy. It's a brand new prop bet based Daily Fantasy lineup game, and the concept's are really simple. You're just going to pick an over or an under for a player's given statistic, and you're going to earn points for each prop that you guess correctly. And if you combine all your props into one of the highest scoring lineups that night, you cash in. So whether you're looking to play $2 or $100 games, Thrive Fantasy has a match for you. Thrive Fantasy can be downloaded in the Apple and Google Play stores, and be sure to use our code BREAKDOWN. That's B-R-K-D-W-N, and you will receive $10 free dollars when you deposit 10 bucks through PayPal dry Fantasy prop up with us. All right, 7, here we go. Now it's time
1: for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. The 3-2, was drilled deep to left field, going back choice, looking up.
0: All right, guys, episode 15, we're locked, we're loaded, we're live, kind of. Uh, this is Gap to Gap. I'm Tommy. He's 7-7. Seven. Seven, what's going on, boss?
1: Oh, not too much. Just watching the Yankees drop dick on some fastballs tonight against the Rangers. Uh, actually, 13 players on that team have 10 home runs at least. So think about that for a second. 13 players, 10 home runs. That's pretty good.
0: That's wild. Um, you Yanks over there are... Uh, Rocking out with the with the home runs still, still just just you you, you said it dropping dick,
1: <laughs> just like Matt stairs back in the day. Shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so you guys back. just you guys just set that record, right?
1: Uh yeah, well I think the Twins broke it like last week, but the Yankees I think broke their own record. Um, I mean there's a lot of home runs being hit, so who, who's to say at this point what records are being broken and what's being set anymore?
0: It must be nice to just be on a team that just drops bombs cuz I mean as as good <laughs> as the Indians have played I mean we we aren't setting the league on fire when it comes to home runs um and I know like, you you've been blessed with with good play good baseball good home runs from the Yankees uh, I know Jordan's been bit good enough from the Red Sox but like I don't know the Indians I mean the Indians had J Ram uh, rest in peace apparently um but I don't know. We don't. We don't have forty yet. Forty home run guys, which sucks. Um, well,
1: actually, if you kept Trevor Bauer, you could probably clear the center field wall from the mound again. So I, don't, that, <laughs> I don't think that, that gets you runs, though. It no, that doesn't it give you runs. You, it gets you a stern talking to from Tito Francona coming out of the dugout. <laughs> <laughs> and you get traded to the Reds the next day. What the fuck
0: is wrong with you?
1: <laughs> oh my God. I still love that clip so much.
0: And then, and then, I mean, you go to. Uh, cincinnati and you just you get dick dropped on you yeah (laughs) he's been he's been awful in cincy
1: he has been terrible and we touched upon it last week uh yeah so analytics driven i'm glad it's working out for you trevor
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right speaking of awful uh it's time for our favorite meet the mets um so you know you look at the mets they're four games out of the wild card right now. They've dropped to fourth in uh the in the NL East. Is is the the magic over?
1: Yeah, and you know what I keep saying it like every every fucking week when we record, I keep saying I just don't think the Phillies have it. So maybe if I just do some reverts cuz I really hate the Phillies right now. More I think it's just cuz I don't like Gabe Kapler as a manager. <laughs> so I think if I just a little reverse psychology. I, I love the Phillies. I can't get enough of them. Uh, also, amazing gif uh, of Real Muto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's just amazing with the pitcher coming out of the bullpen. That was great. But, um, yeah, no, I think the magic is starting to run out. Um, the Mets, for it's weird because they're getting healthy, but it's almost like they they were had this underdog sort of feel to them having Cano on the shelf. Uh, Lowry hadn't played an inning uh, Nemo with the neck, like all this, all these things went wrong for them, and I think they kind of found themselves and started playing with a little bit of chemistry. Um, but I think the magic starting to just dissipate a little bit. Uh, kanoa is coming back, so they're four games out. I feel like just this, this kind of screws up their chemistry though, and, and maybe just that's me looking at it on a very like you can't really. Look at that from an analytic standpoint, that's just really more of a feel for it. But I feel like they were playing better when they were they felt like they had something to prove. I feel right right now they it's almost like they're complacent thinking that these I don't I put this in quotes, uh, stars are coming back. Because yeah. I would rather be playing Joe Panic than Ramos and Cano right now if I were the Mets. But now, you know, they have to play him, so And you know, I feel like that's this. that's how they
0: feel in that locker room too, and obviously they'll never say that, but like,
1: no, actually, don't say never because Brody Van Wagenen did come out and admit defeat back in June. So true. they'll say they'll say anything.
0: True, um, but I mean, when you look at this Mets team, I, I they've they've dropped it all the way down to fourth in the in the NL East. Yeah. I and like not saying that like the, they're not going to win the NL East. We know that. No. But but gosh. Like, I thought I thought they had some more staying power in that in that wild card race.
1: The thing that they're going to need right now. So they have the Nationals for series, and that has its own issues, obviously with
0: Eaton and Fra- Frazier.
1: Fra- yep, Frazier and Eaton. Just uh, I actually want to see a fight. Really, <laughs> um, I want I want to see if there's any bad blood still, or if one. Of, I think Eaton would probably be the one. Not, he wouldn't instigate it, but I feel like he just can't leave it alone either. Because you know Frazier's going to just try to do something to get under his skin. Yeah. So, But I they're both very childish. So I'm hoping there's a, a benches-clearing brawl at some point in the series. I would love to see that. But, yeah, four out. Um, it's not the kiss of death, especially in the, the National League wildcard race. But that's the thing, though. The teams in front of them, they should be better than them, right? The Diamondbacks, we've talked about them. Um, the Phillies although reverse psychology, the Phillies are better than them so that'll probably stand true, um, but I, f- I feel like some of these teams, like even the Cubs to a certain degree um, you know, they just played each other the, they didn't look overmatched, the Mets that is I, I just, I don't know what goes on with this team it's, it's very Jekyll and Hyde and I just I don't think they can sustain it and yeah, I think this is probably what we're going to have uh, they'll probably have, you know 83-84 wins at the season's end, and that's going to be about it. Yeah. Um,
0: so, I mean, I guess we look back here, and, and Brody was right.
1: Yeah. I just wish he would have fucking been a little bit more... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I, I wish he did backtrack like he like he did uh, a yeah. few weeks ago. I, I just, you know, like, own that shit. Get ready for next year. It's, you know, for all the New York Mets fans, for all, you know, eight of them, uh, to be able <laughs> to uh, sit there and say, "Wow, we're actually making a run here." I, that's just false hope, and that's that's not nice.
0: Uh, as a Cleveland fan, I know all about the false hope. So, uh, <laughs> that's you, a good know, point. you know, you it, know, it, it's funny. Moving on from meet the Mets, we talk all the time about how crazy of a game baseball is, and how crazy uh, like some of the stats are, and some of the just the wild numbers. Um, Anthony Kastrovitz who's a fantastic writer for, for MLB.com he does a lot of work uh, for the Indians um, put out an article on MLB.com uh, yesterday around midnight and just going into the 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 wildest stats and he put it out on MLB.com we'll tweet it out from the breakdown when what, what jumped off the page for this from this article for you
1: So I think when we always talk about the elite teams, uh, the Astros seem to come up every time you and I talk at least, and I'm sure that's true for the majority of the fans in in baseball as it is. Um, But the first numbers that they just put down here, so uh, real quick, so the two numbers, 1,410, that's the number of strikeouts by Astros pitchers this season, by their pitching staff, most in baseball. Uh, 1,000, that's the number of strikeouts by Astros batters, which is the fewest in baseball. So that tells me everything that we seem to just kind of get already with the Astros, that they miss bats. Do you have two of the top strikeout, uh, pitchers in the league? Actually three, if you put Granky in the mix now too. Um, but Verlander yeah. and Cole and Granky now. Um, so yeah, that, that's not really the biggest shocker, but I think it's interesting to think about their batting expertise too. Um, because they are one of the most aggressive teams in the league. It's essentially what the White Sox really wanted to be last year when they just swung at every first pitch that came through. (laughs) But (laughs) in that regard, the Astros are actually putting the bat on the ball. So I can't imagine what the team babbit is or what the team batting average is for that matter. But to have that few strikeouts in today's game where strikeouts and home runs are like the only two outcomes, that's got to be – that's worse worth something. I mean, I can't imagine another team that's even close right now.
0: Yeah. Um. For me, the wild number in there was zero, which is the amount of intentional walks that the Astros have issued this year. Yeah. That to me is insane. Like you haven't been in a game where, oh, I just want to set up a double play. So let me it, it, late in the game here. So let me get an intentional walk. They haven't done that once this year. Like, they haven't had, you know, Aaron Judge come up late in the game where, okay, I need to move around, or I need to be around this guy. Like, that is just unreal to me.
1: Well, I think it also goes into just the first stat there, too, with the amount of strikeouts they get, right? Yeah, that's true. I, I don't think you'd ever see a situation, especially with their pitching staff, and bullpen aside, but just I can't imagine Verlander or Cole ever kind of rolling over and allowing a base runner. I just don't think that's how they play. And, I mean, the the numbers speak for themselves there, right? To have zero intentional walks. It's not like they walk anyone to begin with as it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But to not, to your point, moving things around or trying to get favorable matchups, I think that's just a sign of a good team. Uh, Quite possibly the best team in baseball, if I'm really going to just – Be honest with myself. Uh, Yeah, even though I love the Yankees, the Astros are—I they're far and away. They're far and away the best. Um, They have a better run differential. Their pitching is better. Everything about them is better. And these numbers, just those three stats alone, without even getting into everything else with them, just kind of speaks volumes to how good this team is and how good they're probably going to be again in the postseason.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There. What else? uh, Anything else uh, stand out to you when you read this article? Article from Castrovince.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the other 0.2 with the number of Angels pitchers that have reached 100 innings or more or 20 starts in the season.
0: That, that so, was nuts.
1: That, I mean, I, I understand uh, they had tragedy this year with Skaggs, um, but just to take that out of the equation for a second and just look at it from a whole team standpoint, you're telling me that you don't have one pitcher that got you 100 innings or 20 starts in, in, a, in a season this long? Yeah. So, I want to know how many fucking pitchers they've used. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, Actually, that's, I'm gonna I'm
0: gonna see if that's on Baseball Reference right now.
1: I bet it is. Um, but th- that's the thing, though. They like Trevor Cahill, who's by no means like a 250 inning guy, but he's their closest hope to getting a hundred inning pitcher right now. And, and just to put that into historical, uh, I guess, reference here. Dating back to 1901, no team in the modern era has ever had zero pitchers reach 100 innings in a season.
0: That's nuts to me. So another thing that, that kind of jumps out from that, and, I mean, I, I maybe you know, maybe I don't really. Oh, here. Tyler Skaggs, you know, before his unfortunate passing, had 15 starts
1: mm-hmm.
0: and 79 and two-thirds. So he probably would have hit that mark.
1: Oh, definitely, because that was, what, almost two months ago at this point now? Yeah, yeah. So we have to imagine, um, like, obviously, it's it's tough to say whether or not, but if he's still, you know, pitching, I think he'd probably be the closest they have. They, so the, that's the other thing, though. They, like, Out of all those guys though, that have been running out there, like, I, I don't know how many injuries they've had. We hear all about the Yankees' injuries well, all year. Well,
0: so Griffin Canning... Was at 18 starts or 17 starts, 18 appearances, and 90 and a third. And now he's on the shelf for the rest of the year.
1: Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, uh, so I think, yeah, Haney has the most starts right now with 14. And he just mathematically, unless they pitch him on three days rest, there's no way he can get to 20 starts.
0: 18 different starting pitchers this year.
1: Really? But see, even that, like, Unless they're coming up for, like, spot starts like that, I, I feel like there should still be someone that has been a constant in the rotation, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, they have uh, 10 guys with 7 or less starts.
1: Okay, so...
0: Canning, uh, Skaggs, Heaney, Suarez, Harvey, and Cahill are the only ones over 10.
1: I forgot they had Harvey on the team.
0: <laughs> I know, right?
1: It seems like forever ago, and I know they released him, right? They just kind of fucking cut him. They didn't even. Uh, yeah,
0: better. I believe so. Yeah. Said so smell <laughs> you.
1: Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's bad.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Um, okay. So any anything else? Just why? Oh, actually, you know, Here the Cody Bellinger stat. You brought this up to me, so I'll let you go off with him.
1: Yeah, so Cody Ballinger, 44 home runs on the season this year, which is, I think it's at this point still leads the league unless Jelic just went nuts that I don't know about. Well, He's um,
0: coming out of his his longest drought of the year at 12 games without a home run.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ, call the press. I was um, say fucking slump, huh? Yeah, that's. I wish that was a slump for other players. Um, but here's the thing, 44 home runs, amazing on its own, because we still have 25 games left, so about a month of a season left um the coolest part about that though is that all 44 of those home runs have come against different pitchers he's never gone yard against the same pitcher in this season so 44 home runs against 44 different pitchers think about all the games that he's played those division rivals like the padres yeah like just and to not hit more than one home run off of one of those pitchers is just that's bananas yeah that's nuts it should, that should not be real, but I saw that, and I I mean, I mean read the article, and I went to, to check it. I went to Baseball Reference. I went to uh, Fangraphs. I went to everywhere I could just to make sure, and sure enough, it checks out. Cody Bellinger has been uh, extremely not picky, I guess. When versatile. He's, yeah, he's very <laughs> versatile, uh, so good luck in trying to bring someone in to pitch against him because there's a good shot he's going to take you deep.
0: You think they're just sitting in there like? You think this is a number that like coaches have take took into uh into reference like? Okay, he went, he took you 400 feet. All right, you're in now. <laughs>
1: well, that's the thing, dude. Like, how, how do you? Like, he's matchup proof, right? Yeah. There's there's really nothing that you can throw at him that he's not gonna fucking hit. Um, cause I I mean, I think of all the pitchers that they faced and. For most, I mean, it seems like most of them have not had a good time pitching against him. I mean, not even just the home runs, just his batting average in general and his slugging. I mean, yeah. the guy is unconscious this year.
0: Yeah, all right. Last one for me that stood out in uh, among, I mean, everything stood out in this article for me. Um, but this is Major League Baseball's third lowest, or on pace to be the third lowest save percentage of all time at 63.01%. In related development, the 4.50 Major League Wide Relief ERA is the ninth highest and the highest since the year 2000. What is going on with bullpens right now?
1: So I think there's a couple things going on. Um, For starters, I think teams are just way too reliant on bullpens in general. Mm -hmm. So this isn't, it's not even like five years ago where a starter or your rotation was expected to get you six innings for a quality start. Uh, you had your bridge and your setup man and a closer, of course. No, now it's today. It's, and we've seen it with multiple teams. Um, the Royals obviously kind of introduced the super bullpen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a copycat league in that respect where everyone wants to capitalize on that because they look at it as shorting, shortening the game. But I think the issue is when you're pitching the same guys, and I mean, I saw it multiple times this year uh, with Tommy Kaneley and Adam Ottavino on the Yankees, they're you know getting asked to pitch almost on a nightly basis. So you have to wonder how much of an effect that has on them with their ability to pitch, but also their bullpen arms, right? They're not they yeah throw an arsenal of four to five pitches. They have really maybe one to two offerings that they're going to give you, and it's usually your fastball and off speed. And teams see that it's not exactly difficult to have a scouting report on a bullpen guy. And I know they're obviously their numbers. Some of them are so great, but uh, when you think about it, if I only have to sit on fastball and if I'm ahead in the count and I know I can just kind of team up as a hitter, that's probably easier than trying to wait out a starter, knowing that teams are going to just dip into the bullpen at the first moment they can. So now it happens. And obviously with the openers, Uh, Thanks, Tampa. Uh, With all that happening, teams are game planning a lot differently for pitching. And you have to take that into account, too, when you're adjusting, like, bullpen ERA and relief ERA, right? When you're having Mm -hmm. pitchers that aren't used to pitching more than one inning, and now they're being asked to pitch three to four innings as a bulk guy. So I think there's a few things going on there. I did think it was interesting, though, that this is the ninth highest ERA since 2000. Um, Shout out to steroids. Because, <laughs> I, that, I mean, obviously, there's still shit going on on a much lesser scale. But I think that's kind of telling, too. just how Porter, where you at, bro, bro? <laughs> yeah, shout out Porter. Um, but I think that, that's telling, too, just in that respect. Uh, because home runs have been so popular this year. And it's just a huge trend in the sport. So you wonder just how much of that is attributed to that. But I think a lot of it has to go to just relief pitchers in general, not really pitching to what they're used to or what, how they're, you know, train their bodies to pitch.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I kind of looked at it less. I, I, when I was at the Indians game last night, I noticed it because, um, the Indians, like Cleveland has just a, a, a tendency to nitpick our bullpen. And, you know, we've had our problems with Brad hand, Adam Simber has been, been atrocious of late. Um, And then I saw what the White Sox were trotting out of the pen. And boy, are the Indians blessed.
1: Well, no, it's funny. You look at that. Like, have you ever seen Baltimore's bullpen? No,
0: I, I don't think my eyes would be able to, to take it.
1: So I know that um, Stephen King's It just came out. <laughs> if you want to see a fucking horror story? Look up the team ERA for the Baltimore Orioles. Or I got to look at it Tigers. now. It is. The, actually, I think the Tigers might be worse at this point, but the Orioles, some of the guys are running out there. I mean, granted, they just have to get bodies to put out on this field, but holy shit, that's a nightmare. Like, Jimmy Yacobonis was in high leverage situations for them before they cut him. Like, that Jesus. That just goes to tell you just how bad that bullpen
0: is. Holy fuck.
1: <laughs> you got the number?
0: Their team ERA is 577.
1: Seven. That's everything. That's like, uh, and if you can just, I think if you can, just do the relief ERA, it's Boy probably. In the I think it's higher.
0: actual. Fuck, this is on pace. Wow, uh, they've had they've tried out some shit teams. Um, this is on pace to be their highest team ERA since two thousand. If it raises up by .4 in this last month here, it'll be their lo- their highest since nineteen thirty eight. Beautiful. What in the ever-loving fuck are they trying – I got to look at the Tigers now.
1: I think the Tigers might be worse at this point. I think I saw something that the Tigers were worse.
0: What the fuck? No, they have a 5-1-9. Okay.
1: So the but Orioles- still,
0: not great. Not great.
1: No, not great. Not great. Um, but, th- I mean, we talk about, like, rebuilding teams. Um, and in baseball, I th- – and maybe you know you have different thoughts on this, but I feel like in baseball it's a lot more difficult to sell a rebuild because there's no, I guess logistics behind tanking because there's no. I mean, the draft comes, but it takes you know three to four years. Yeah, I was to say run. it takes
0: a while for players to the cycle through with a tank.
1: Yeah, it's, this isn't like a simple thing where you just need a quarterback and you can say run, like run with the offense. Like this is. Yeah. If, if you tank, like you need. To bring them through the minors for two to three years, sometimes four or five. Um, you only get you know one draft pick in the first round, and you have to hit on that because that's your bread and butter right there.
0: And God forbid you don't.
1: Right. I mean, I mean, look at the Orioles. I don't think they've really hit on a, <laughs> on one of their number graphics yeah. in a while. Um, but I mean, I think that's just it's very telling. Just looking at teams like the Orioles who I feel they have no identity behind the rebuild. At least the Tigers seem to have found a few things right within the minors with Mize and a couple other pitchers they have. I can't for the life of me tell you if I'm an Orioles fan, thank God I'm not, but if I was and I had to tell you what I had waiting in the wings, I couldn't tell you. I, I Honestly, I just there's no identity behind this team, behind the whole franchise. And I know they're starting from the absolute ground up, but still, that's got to be a tough sell.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, jeez, it's just, it's wild. And and that kind of brings us into something we're going to talk about later, but I think we should bring it up now, is is the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. And how they're constructed. Only four players drafted and developed by the Rays. Everybody else in the active roster uh, traded or brought in as free agent. Ooh. And, and they're playing very, very good right now. They're they're obviously in a position currently, as we speak, in a in a position to have the a home wild card game.
1: Yeah. No. It's, and
0: it's, and just to compete in the AL East and not be named the Yankees or the Red Sox is impressive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is truly like picture perfect if you're a fan of a small market team. Yeah. We saw we saw it with the Royals a few years ago. Um, they had you know the three year window right there. Um, obviously, got a World Series, but I think when you look at the Rays, it's even more consistent in that regard. I feel like since they became the actual, when they dropped the Devil out of the name and they became just the Rays, they seem to have been on more of an upward trajectory than most other small market teams. And I don't know if it's because. Had to of the be the name. It, I, I don't know <laughs> if it had to do with that, um, but I will say this because they did make the World Series the first year they were the Rays. Um, but all that aside, they seem to be consistently winning. This will be the third year in a row with at least 80 wins. And to your point, playing in the AL East, when you're not the Red Sox or the Yankees and you're competing with them and actually beating those teams, um, that's got to be. I mean, there's no. <laughs> yeah. Really talking, there's no Rays fans, really. but, um, I mean, you know. <laughs> if, you're, if you're Gladys. Yeah. If you're Gladys and, and Eustace down there and. Rolling around <clears throat> getting the earlier bird special, hitting the trop, then hitting
0: the drop.
1: <laughs> then yeah, you gotta be coming out of your fucking You gotta be elated. Yeah, I mean you might stay up past eight o'clock. Easy. So
0: easy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't think you can get her to stay up that late.
1: That's true. Seven forty five. Um, but-, <laughs> but when you think about it the so the Rays, i mean you mentioned it four players right now on the active roster and, and we can name them uh, diego castillo austin pruitt nate Lowe, and kevin kiermeyer are the only ones that have a claim to be you know tamp is their home that that's it everyone else has been brought in either via trade or international signing or free agency and i feel like this is exactly what Billy Bean wants to do every year. And Jerry DePoto to a lesser extent, just because he wants to be Billy Bean. But I think when you look at a team like this and how they construct themselves, they make deals because they need to make them. They don't just make deals to make deals. Um, Because every every move here has some type of underlying factor. Uh, Maybe you remember back in 2017, trading Corey Dickerson, who was an all-star, uh, for Daniel Hudson, Tristan Gray, and Cash Considerations wasn't the greatest deal. They got some backlash for it, but then that also set them up then to make another deal with the Pirates again, trading Chris Archer, get Tyler Glass now and Austin Meadows a year later. So, clearly, the Rays have <clears throat> a more advanced scouting department than we give them credit for. And, and that, I mean, look I at mean, your Indians, Tommy. Jake Bowers, he was a top yeah. 100 prospect, and they traded him for uh, Yandy Diaz. Is it Yandy or Yandy? Yandy?
0: Uh, TBD. TBD. Um, (laughs) uh, I think it's Yandy.
1: But anyway, like that deal right there, kind of raised some eyebrows. Like, okay, you're giving up on the younger player in Bowers, top 100 prospect. They see something in Diaz. Diaz has an amazing season up until the point he gets hurt. Uh, Obviously, he can't finish the season now, but he was having a great season. Uh, Just moves like that, and and maybe – you probably have more insight being an Indians fan with another smaller market than what I'm used to with the Yankees. But I feel like this is kind of becoming the norm for a lot of these teams now watching the Rays model and how successful it can be if done right.
0: Yeah. I've talked about this before, how the, I think the Indians are kind of Kings of the trade deadline in that sense where they always find a way to get a team friendly contract. Like Fran Miel Reyes is actually a perfect example of what is like the big name in that trade was Yaziel Puig. Um, in the in the Trevor Bauer uh, in the Tra- Trevor Bauer deal at the at the deadline, the big name was Yaziel Puig, but now you have a guy like Mel Reyes who's affordable and under team control till 2025. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the Indians finesse these moves year in year out, um, and it's just it's 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 really interesting to me how how small market teams and the Indians have been very lucky. Like I said, that we're able to make these moves at the deadline every year it seems but a lot of the talent's homegrown Jose Ramirez is homegrown Francisco Lindor is homegrown uh Kluber Carrasco actually Kluber was acquired as a as a player to be named later I believe yeah uh, but there's a lot of talent that's come through the Indian system yeah uh Kluber was a fourth round draft pick of the Padres right. um but still uh didn't become a uh didn't come up until he was with the Indians,
1: right? And that's like, and that's kind of a different. So it, it's it's the same type of, I guess, approach, uh, bringing kids up, developing them, but it's it's kind of opposite from what the Rays do. They're, I mean, the Rays just bring in players from different organizations and systems, and then they mold them in their image. Um, I mean, I mean, you look at them; their their team payroll this year is just shy of sixty three million. I mean, that's their whole team.
0: That's wild to me.
1: That's like two contracts on the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, that's about
0: ten years worth of the Indians. But you know, um, yeah,
1: and this is a team that I mean, their big contract was Charlie Morton, two years, thirty million. So fifteen million of the sixty three is getting paid to Charlie Morton this year alone. So everyone else there, if you look at it from just like you know the Christmas tree shop of baseball teams, they're bargain hunters in the best sense of the word. Uh, I can't think of another team that has, that's, I mean, they have the lowest payroll. So, they, I mean, that speaks for itself. And the other thing that's kind of interesting, too, is they have the 29th, not the worst. I don't know who has the worst attendance, but they're they're 29th in 2019 game attendance. So, if, huh. if, like, when you think about it, though, I understand why their payroll is what it is, because no one goes to the games. Yeah. But wouldn't that, if you're... Gladys for uses, wouldn't that make you want to go to the Trop and just get wild and watch these fucking guys play?
0: So I guess my response to that is, are fans in Tampa, are they really Tampa Bay Rays fans or is it just something to do?
1: That's the thing. And I think that's why, you know, we've talked about it in the past about relocation potentially, but I just, I feel like it's such a disservice to the baseball operations department in Tampa Um, because they're so hamstrung by this payroll, and the attendance isn't going to go up. They won't get a new stadium. But I feel like year in, year out, they're in the conversation to get into the playoffs. And I think this might be the best raised team that we've seen since that World Series push. Uh, Granted, they're playing in a division with the Yankees, who have one of the best records in baseball, but who's to say that they can't make a run in the postseason if they get in? You know what I mean? And that's, that's the reality of playing where they play, but that I mean, it's such a disservice to just the baseball ops guys making all these moves, doing everything they can to be so creative, and then no one goes to the fucking games.
0: I feel like the Rays almost need, uh, what's it called, minor league baseball level of promotion to get people out to the park.
1: Yeah, uh, honestly, that's not the worst idea when you think about it. I, I feel like there's no promotion.
0: Yeah, and I feel like I mean, let's let's take a look. <laughs> Damn at what the Tampa Bay Rays promo schedule has been like this year.
1: Uh, they had a Sanka giveaway, I think, on the first
0: <laughs> <laughs> But so, I mean, I, I, with the Indians, oh, my gosh. They got pajama pants giveaway this Saturday.
1: That, see, that's fucking awesome, though. I would totally go for the pajama pants.
0: Uh, pillowcase set on Sunday. Huh. So, I, I mean... I'll have to scroll back and see the whole promotional schedule because it's only showing the ones that are left, which sucks. Cuz, cuz, like, if they're giving away PJ pants,
1: you know what they need to do? They need to get George Costanza and do fitted cap day, oh. <laughs> and have it blow up in their face, but have everyone show up.
0: Blake Snell sizezilla bobblehead.
1: Oh no, I would not want that. Ryan
0: Stanek bottle opener. Tropical shirt, May eleventh against the Yankees. I would have to see. It. I want to see a picture of that. The tropical Tom- shirts. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Tommy Pham bobblehead, short sleeve hoodie. Oh, I'm in there. Uh, umbrella. Blake <laughs> Snell replica jersey. Willie Adams bobblehead. DJ Kitty mini speaker. Oh. So okay. So 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 not some some not bad promos here.
1: I don't want that mini speaker.
0: <laughs> I kinda want the the, the the tropical shirt. I kinda want the I definitely want the pajama pants. If we're being honest about it.
1: That's the thing. Are they oh,
0: June 16th fanny pack giveaway?
1: Oh, so you know the demographic they're going after there. Yeah, you're not kidding. Jesus Christ. That came <laughs> with the Sanka in the fucking fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fanny pack is still filled with Sanka oh my god and then on the side pocket they have like a fucking tube of binaca like (laughs) (laughs) just getting ready to go see the tampa bay rays
0: yep it's oh i love it
1: how many handicapped uh, parking spots do you think are at the drop
0: every every of the parking spots
1: i was gonna say like at that point is it even handicap or is it just like do they have normie spots that are like normie spots like <laughs> so you
0: buy a parking pass and it's assumed that it's a handicap parking pass you have to, yeah. have to you have to pay extra <laughs> to get a normie
1: <laughs> I would t- i'd probably have the normie package um but i would i would definitely go for the promotion for the fanny pack
0: oh i'm crying that's great <laughs> <laughs>
1: We shouldn't be able to talk about the Rays anymore because I feel like every time we try to say nice, it things just about goes them, back. It just goes back to the olds. Them. Yeah, it's like I kind of feel bad at this point because like I, we, had, we had all this nice stuff to say about them and how they're you know they're underdogs, they have a great team model, and their operations team is you know second to none. And we just start talking about how they're giving away fucking tubes to ben Game, Banaka with a fan yep. pack full of Sanka. Oh my God.
0: I don't even care. Worth it. Yeah, it, it really. So is. worth it. All right, <laughs> let's move away from the Rays, um, and the olds. <laughs> Justin Verlander goes out and and, and pumps his third sigh. Or I'm sorry, third no no of his career. Um, reinforcing my case of last week that he's gonna be our Cy Young. Do you think this wraps it up for him with three weeks left in the season?
1: Yeah, unless Garrett Cole throws like a perfect game next time out, but at that point i mean who verlander was there first i guess <laughs> you know but there this was a weird it's not even weird it's just the, the two best pitchers are on the same team we talked about it last week Garrett Cole uh, edges him in strikeouts verlander pretty much everything else except for home runs he can't keep the ball in the park but that's even crazier to me that this guy, this guy his era is still great everything like all of his other numbers, or the peripheral numbers are, are fantastic. It's yeah. Just, he, he gives up a shit ton of home runs.
0: Yeah. It, it's just one of those things. It's just like, I if I'm, if I'm thinking Cy Young, you got to go to tip your head to the more dominant guy and, and isn't giving up home runs.
1: That's what I would think too. But the other, I guess the other end of this is Verlander is kind of a perennial Cy Young guy anyway right true and it's not and I hate to use that argument because I feel like it's the same thing in like the NFL where it's a quarterback and it's always going to be fucking Brady or um I don't know name like Breeze or like it's always going to be those two guys like yeah you know what I mean it's I hate using that argument but at the same time it's like the guy keeps fucking doing it so and he's I think he's getting better as he's getting older um, yeah,
0: you, which, could, you could definitely make that argument, which is yeah. scary.
1: Yeah, it's, he's essentially like the Tom Brady of baseball when you think about it, just how his body seems to be getting stronger. Um, I really hope Verlander doesn't play until he's like 50, a la Jamie Moyer. But talk about a guy who gave a fucking home runs. But
0: uh. I mean, you, you, so you want to talk about the, the Tom Brady comparison. To me, the formula seems simple. You wanna guess it? Um
1: uh, stretching.
0: Go home and pipe a supermodel every night.
1: That's a good point too. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, stretching. I... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, so I saw a tweet and it was like it's like imagine throwing a no hitter and then going home and fucking Kate Upton. Like, does life get any better than that? Oh, my God. So, and I would attest it doesn't.
1: Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. No, that's that's pretty good. Um, I will always, for some reason, it's forever emblazoned on my memory. When the fappening happened, I still <laughs> remember those fucking pictures. The fappening. I remember those fucking pictures. Jesus of... Christ, I can't believe you just said that. It's a fucking great line. <laughs> Anyway, during uh, oh. during the uh, apocalypse, um, when <laughs> Jesus Verlander's just sitting there with his fucking hairy ass holding Kate Upton like it's prom in the mirror. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, he's not more of Verlander than Upton. That's a cursed <laughs> image.
0: But good for him. He's throwing no-nos,
1: and he's going home, and he's just piping her out. So, congrats, oh. Justin.
0: So, third of his career, second in that ballpark. I mean... Again, to me, it seems simple. The Blue Jays need to sell the farm for Justin Verlander.
1: Uh, I think any team, right?
0: I mean, yeah, but I mean, clearly, <laughs> he, he's getting it done in that ballpark.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Maybe he just likes pitching in Canada because there's no pressure up in Canada. you know?
0: I wonder what his lifetime whip in Canada is, considering he has two no-hitters in that ballpark.
1: Yeah, let me see. So, it's pro- I would say... If there if there's a way we can tweet it out, but I'm gonna take a guess that it's under one.
0: I would. I mean, I th- I think that's, I think that's safe to say.
1: Probably point. When you have
0: eight, 18 innings with with a zero whip. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that 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 anchors that uh. Anchors the the what's the there's ah, fuck math you get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you think Kate Upton uses the whip?
0: Oh. Now now we're talking and now I really got to mark the explicit on this episode.
1: <laughs> like if he gives up a hit, like is that one fucking lash from her?
0: So, did you ever see the article and we're getting way too into the Verlander sex life here. But did you ever see the article about it, Kate Upton basically like kind of was did like a tell all on their sex life?
1: No. But she
0: she basically said and I'll just keep it short and sweet. She goes she basically said I want him to go out there and just do average because if he go if he uh, if he pitches shitty, even if he has enough energy, I won't I won't have sex with him because you know he doesn't deserve it. But if he pitches too well, he's exhausted. <laughs> he's exhausted and won't. So I just kinda hope he just, like stays in the middle where it's a decent quality start and we can go we can have some fun. And she goes, I'll never do it before a start or the night before a start.
1: You know what? I think I just found out the secret to the astro success. Bear with me here.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the tank, the take train.
1: I think they're all swingers. Let's oh, my God. A I, think, I, I think almost fell on gi- my chair. I think it's a giant <laughs> wife swap. You have Carlos Correa uh, breaking his rib. <coughs> <laughs> That's annoying. Working from home. Yeah, working from home. Uh, Kate Upton basically giving a tell-all on their sescavades. Well, let me see. <laughs> Who else is on this fucking she, thing? Kate Upton broke his rib. <laughs> I think something happened now. Or maybe like Altuve was like just being thrown around like monkey in the middle and he fell on the rib. I don't fucking know man. <laughs> I think the oh. was a swing So down. now we're
0: implying a threesome.
1: I think we are. Actually, no. It's an orgy. And I think Hinch is like taping it or something. it's in the back. I think this is what we have going. This is probably why they're hitting so many home runs and why they have the best batting average in baseball and why they strike every fucking person out they see because they're running on just absolute bliss. <laughs> Did you watch
0: Blue Mountain State when it was out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the episode where they all stopped jerking it and they running through the church team.
1: Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's fucking take right there. The Astros are having like underground swinging parties before and after games.
0: Oh my gosh, this is amazing!
1: Imagine if this be... story came out.
0: No, oh, I, I mean I think it just did. We're having I mean, this thing's this thing's published.
1: Right? <laughs> like, uh, imagine if we just like fucking just broke the biggest case in baseball
0: on just bullshit and hearsay.
1: Yeah, just, like, fuck steroids, man. This is the real performance-enhancing drug.
0: Oh, I love it. All right, let's oh. let's let's get away from this. <laughs> oh, Wilson Contreras is back for the Cubs.
1: Yeah, that's, like, I'm glad he's back. Um, lengthy recovery for him, actually. When he yeah. He was, he was out for a while. Uh, but yeah, no, the Cubs are what three games out now, three and a half.
0: Uh, hold on, let me check. They are at time of recording the Chicago Cubs are three games back.
1: Okay, so they need a good old fashioned orgy right outside of Wrigley. Yeah. Um, to get back on track here, but no, I think in all seriousness though, Contreras being back because this last month i mean the we talked about the nl central as just being the most winnable division uh all season and i think now it it truly is a two-team race i don't think the brewers are going to do anything i mean they're the epitome of pedestrian baseball uh they seem to just play 500 (laughs) baseball when they when it matters most um so i i really do think at this point we're going to see the cubs and the cardinals uh really fight back and forth now um the thing about the Cubs, though, I feel like I, I'm still more bullish on the Cubs and the Cardinals just for the fact that I trust their bullpen more, and I think their lineup is better, too. I, and now that Contreras is back, I think that really changes the whole dynamic now of where you can put guys in this lineup. Uh, they made the trade for Castellanos. He kind of really served as a spark plug for that lineup when he came in right away. I think it takes a lot of pressure off of guys like him uh, and Rizzo especially, um, just to have him back in the lineup. Because it's not like Contreras was your typical catcher where he'll go out and hit 240 with a couple couple dingers. Uh, no, he, he was a cog in this lineup. Uh, he has a, he's a power bat. He hits for high average. He's good with the pitchers. Uh, now he is, at least. I don't know if that was always the case. But I think this is going to be a big boon to them. And I think they're, they're going to take that division when it's all said and done. Really, I, mean, I think this is going to be... The, the turning point for them too. Um, because we still have enough baseball up, three and a half out, whatever it is. Uh, the, the Cardinals, I just, I know they're playing great and I know Flaherty is doing amazing. Um, and to some extent, I think that the Cardinals are definitely for real. I just think the Cubs are a better team now. And when you throw Contreras back in the mix, I just have to give them more of an edge.
0: Hmm. i I'm, I, I'm, huh. hmm. I think I'm going to go with you on this one. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out down the stretch. I like the Cubs. The Cubs have a better run differential. Um, the, I mean, the, to their quote-unquote expected win and loss, so their Pythagorean win-loss, the Cubs and the, Car- the, Cubs and the Cardinals are even. Uh, Cubs are playing better baseball at home. Actually, let me look at their schedule before I get on get on board on this take.
1: Did you say Pythagorean?
0: Yeah, their Pythagorean win-loss.
1: Is that like the triangle?
0: Yes, the Pythagorean theorem is the triangle, famously. All right. Hey, can you tell me, do you know the Pythagorean theorem off the top of your head?
1: A plus B equals C.
0: A squared plus B squared, fuck. C squared. You, I thought you had it too.
1: I really did too. I was like, I got this. Uh, <laughs> you thought. I really did for a second. I was like, fuck, am I right?
0: Uh, okay, let's look ahead at the Cubs schedule here. Uh, they're on the road right now. Looking at it here, last month of the season, they ended up on a six-game road trip, but in, but before that they have six straight at Airwell, ten, Yeah, Cubs are taking this division. Hmm. Cubs are taking this division. They have uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten game home span or home stretch uh from September thirteenth to the twenty second, including four against the Cardinals in there.
1: Any uh any against the Brewers in there?
0: Uh, not at home. They play the Brewers this week, uh, Thursday to Sunday.
1: Well, they'll split that series at least. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call a callback. Yep. Actually, hold on a second. I might be backing off this take because the last three is <laughs> at St. Louis.
1: Ooh. Wow.
0: Wow. Are we going to get this thing down to the wire?
1: This would be the second year in a row that a play-in game to the play-in game happened from the NL Central. If yeah. That, if that happened.
0: Wow. That would be wild.
1: What a shitty division! <laughs> it's just like wow, Owen uh, Wilson, wow, wow, wow. wow. Um, but yeah, no, I I still stand by the Cubs. I think they're gonna take the division. Um, I would actually really like it if it came down to that last series against the Cardinals. But I just I just don't think it's gonna be that close at, at the end of the season.
0: I mean, it, I think it, I think it'll come down to. That series from the 19th to the 22nd to determine if it'll come down to that last series. Okay. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I know what you're saying. I. You know what? Fuck it. I might buy in on that now.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I kind of like what you're saying. I smell what you're stepping in. So, yeah, let's. Oh,
0: okay. That didn't make me feel confident. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, though. Um. So, this wasn't on pod, but uh, Indians lose tonight 6 5 actually we're skipping ahead here uh Indians lose the night 6-5 uh they had the lead Uh, Clevenger threw well but then one Carlos Carrasco comes in in the eighth allows four including two home runs um but the fact that he's even pitching he's our call to the pen uh coming back from leukemia one cookie Carlos Carrasco uh only his second game out of the pen this year um Again, it's probably different for me, being an Indians fan. Where do what do you think about Carlos Carrasco as a whole?
1: I've always liked Carrasco. I think I've always thought he was like the unsung hero of that rotation. Um, personally, I when I looked at those teams when you had Kluber, uh, Clevenger, and Bauer, they always get all the headlines. I feel like Carrasco was kind of like the cog in that rotation. Not to say that he was like the ultimate stopper, but I always thought he—you knew what you were going to get for, from him. Quality start, he would take you deep into games. He missed bats. He had really good stuff. Still has really good stuff. Um, but yeah, so I'm—I'm I'm really happy that he got back on the mound this year. I never thought it was going to be this quick of a recovery for him. So yeah, I, likewise. I, I think that in itself is pretty awesome, um, because I mean we've had players. You know, deal with illnesses uh, and cancer in general, like John Lester took a year off, Rizzo had to take a year off, um, to see Carrasco just kind of fight his way through leukemia mid-season and just come back, I, that's a win in itself. So I think if you're the Indians, you if you can get any innings out of him right now, whether it's the bullpen or the starting rotation, you'll take him and just, I know he had a bad game tonight, but I think, you know, as he gets more acclimated to that role, because again, he's not really a relief guy at, at all, so...
0: Yeah, uh, you know, he he's been a guy that's been a starter for for quite some time. He's he, he's had some relief appearances throughout his career as most guys, you know, kind of break into the league uh in, you know, that kind of like hybrid role, you know, spot start. Yeah. Um so I'm I like like you said, any innings you get out of him is what you get out of him. I'm just happy to see him. He had a he had a huge uh, ovation tonight uh deservingly so uh it unfortunately didn't break his way tonight uh forty or thirty what's two twenty minus one eighty three because math um what is that um, forty some
1: the yeah, yeah just <laughs> use, use the triangle do
0: the calculator do the <laughs> use the
1: triangle <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh it's funny I had XL up so we're gonna just do two much.
1: 37
0: is that what it is yep 37 because math um so yeah 37 relief appearances 38th was tonight uh so he's he's not a stranger to it but hasn't come out of the bullpen sent well he did twice last year so other
1: than that
0: other than that not since 2014
1: yeah so and again every now and then like Domingo Herman has come out of the bullpen a few times this year. You know what I mean? It's every player, like to your point, will do it to help a team. But I think for him, this is probably what he's going to have to do for the rest of this season, at least. And you know, God willing, his body is gets back to where it was prior to this um, Mm -hmm. for spring training. You know, I think you can expect him to be back to Carrasco uh, that we know.
0: Yeah, and and obviously, uh, at that point, baseball is baseball. The, the, the health is what's important.
1: Exactly. So I think this is awesome, so I'm glad to see he's back.
0: Yeah, so uh, so what do you got for the batter's box?
1: I hate to say it, but uh, we got to talk about a Red Sox player, uh, J.D. Jumbo Dong Martinez. So the last 15 days, this man has 20 RBIs. He is slugging 952. He has nine extra base hits in that time. Seven of them are home runs. And he's hitting a very cool four hundred five. So Ca-
0: a casual four hundred five. A
1: casual four hundred five. Um, but yeah, you know, this he's all right. Uh, but yeah, this the Red Sox are actually making quite the push right now. Um, and this kind of scares the shit out of me because that's one team I do not want the Yankees to have to play in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, God willing, I just don't want to see that. Um, and it. Turns out that I might actually not get that wish because if JD Martinez keeps dropping dick on fastballs over the middle, uh, hitting home runs, then there's going to be some issues. So, <laughs> I think um, just in general though, this is you know this is the JD Martinez that they've kind of been missing all year, and I know he's had a good year, but he had he hasn't had the year he had last year. He hasn't had like that otherworldly year. And if he's starting to turn it on now where they have twenty five games left as a team and they're five games out of a wild card spot, I would be a hell of a lot more scared of the Red Sox with a on fuego JD Martinez than an Oakland Athletics team that's putting together, you know, Marcus Simeon and Chris Davis hitting two forty seven. I if I am the Rays, I'm kinda looking over my shoulder right now. Same with the Yankees too. Like I would not be complacent if I saw this team heat up, because that's got to be the biggest fear, because there's nothing worse than a team going into October. If they make it to October, going in with a full head of steam like this.
0: Yeah. And, and <clears throat> it, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, you always seem to talk about like it's not always the best team is the team that gets hot. And the Red Sox, like, like you said, are a team you don't want to see when they're hot. It doesn't matter if it's this year or any year doesn't matter how long they've been down. It, it, when they get hot, they are a hot team, and, and they ride the wave.
1: Exactly, and I know everyone's going to point to the pitching thing. I've said it before. I don't think it's that big of a deal at this point, point. and I'll stand by it. Um, if you look at the teams in the AL right now that are fighting for postseason spots, uh, the Yankees have one of the worst pitching staffs in the league, at least starting pitching staffs. The Rays have a makeshift pitching staff. They're still using openers and bulk guys. Really, it's only the Astros that you have to worry about in terms of pitching. Um, the Twins are kind of in the same boat. Berrios has been terrible for the last, I want to say, almost month now. So, I mean, if the Red Sox are detractors of the Red Sox and a point to the pitching staff, then I'll just point to the offense because that's where yeah. their fucking wins are coming from. Who gives a shit that Chris Sale can't pitch right now? I don't think there's an ace in, in that whole league right now aside from the Astros that I, I would, you know, feel comfortable giving the ball saying that, you know, there's going to be no hiccups. So and yeah. I think right now if you just look at it, it's like this is offense. This is what's going to happen, and, like, this is how – if this is how it shakes out, then, you know, it just kind of proves that point that you can win to your team's strength. You don't have to try to mirror what other, what other teams are doing, like the Astros. So – I'd be very, very scared if I was the Rays or the Indians or the, or the A's looking at the Red Sox just kind of tailing behind them.
0: Yeah. Um, boy, I don't want the Red Sox to make the playoffs.
1: Oh dude, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. <laughs> I really don't want that either.
0: Just cause I, I, I don't trust the Indians right now. And so this is going to transition into our curtain call. Um, for me, I've I've come to grips for the first time this season that the Indians will not win the central. Oh boy. Um they're they're now 6 games back with the loss tonight. They're also a game out of that first wild card spot in which I thought we had that shit locked up, but the Indians just are playing very middling baseball, which is strange considering they're on the pa- on pace for 94 wins. Right. Which I can't believe that I'm going to sit here after as much tortured baseball as I've watched and say I'm disappointed with 94 wins. But Minnesota has – I've waited for them to come back down to earth, and I've just accepted the fact that it's not happening.
1: Yeah, and I feel like from that standpoint too, if you're a fan of a team like like the Indians right now, if they get 94 wins, if they end there, 94-95 wins, and they don't make the playoffs, wouldn't that be – Worse than than if they just, you know, had, like, 70 wins. You know what I mean? Like, they're teasing you so hmm. much to that point where it's like, Jesus Christ, they were five wins away from triple digits, and they didn't make the playoffs because the Twins just weren't going to stop winning. I'd almost rather That's be, an interesting take. Yeah, because, like, it's—like, when the Yankees three years ago had that mini sell-off at the trade deadline, I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, they're not making the playoffs, and I'm kind of okay with that. And they never really threatened with you know crazy win totals. It was like they were a high eighties win, win team, um, so I, I could deal with that. But I'd be even more pissed if I was like looking at them knocking on the door and they missed it by like one or two games. That would piss me off even more. I think.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I'm interested in that. All right. Before we get to yours, um, I want to uh, let you know that. If you want to make your way down south to Tampa, And you know, brave it through Hurricane Dorian, and you know, go with Aunt Gladys to go see the Rays live and in person. uh, That you can use SeatGeek because SeatGeek makes the ticket buying process simple and stress free. You need to check out the SeatGeek app in the Apple and Google Play stores and download the app today. With tickets to sporting events, music, comedy, theater, and more, nothing beats seeing your favorite teams or even teams you hate or performers live and in person. SeatGeek scans all the secondary market sites to make sure that you find the best deals and all the deals are rated on a one to ten scale with green being your 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 tens your nines red dots being your ones your twos your threes and remember it's not always the best price it's what's the best value and that's what's going to uh, factor into that uh, value score that one to ten scale we Use our code breakdown that's brk DWN and you'll get twenty bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. And like I said, go see the Rays, go watch them choke away the wild card to the Indians because (laughs) Red Sox, the Red Sox are coming. All right, I'm. Do I do I dare say it now? I'm not gonna do it in the middle of an ad read. That's promo code breakdown, twenty bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Life's an event. We have the tickets. The Rays suck. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. I might edit that out. (laughs) <laughs> um, I might not, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck it. We're going to leave it in. We're going to leave this in, too. Um, but do we see the potential of an Indians-Red Sox wildcard game?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, I think you can pretty much, ca- like, not count on it, but it, it's there. Um.
0: It's definitely there. It, it's I, Unfortunately, it's all going to depend on if, uh the the Rays choose to, to rally for Gladys or not.
1: Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, the thing that's working in the Indians and the Red Sox' favor is that the A's don't play the Yankees anymore because it seems that's how the A's got most of their fucking wins this year. Um, I
0: mean, it was also against the Indians. Between the Indians and the Rays, uh, The I'm sorry, between the the A's and the Rays, the Indians are a combined 2-11.
1: Oh. oh well. So...
0: So, so actually, bring on the Red Sox, please.
1: (laughs) Actually, I'm trying to think now. I'm trying to see who gives a better chance of beating the Red Sox. You know what I mean? Because if it's a home game, it doesn't matter if it's in Tampa. It's going to be fucking all Red Sox fans. So, yeah, I'd rather them play the Indians because I know Progressive would get fucking lit for that. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it would. All right. I want that now.
0: All right, what's your curtain call?
1: Uh, So... Speaking of choke artists, I think the Dodgers are going to be one and done in the playoffs this year. Ooh. I just don't think that they – listen, they have had multiple opportunities to bring home a World Series title, and it just hasn't worked out. Uh, They got railroaded by the Red Sox last year. The Astros beat them the year before. Uh, I just don't think this team is built to actually win, and I feel weird saying that because we touched upon how – good cody bellinger has been and i think their their team is good don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. i just don't think they have that clutch factor in them to make it all the way and they you know they very well could make it to the world series i just don't think they have what it takes to win the world series but i'm standing by saying that they are going to be one and done i like i like the braves chances a lot better than theirs and if we're being honest i think the cubs could probably beat them in a series if it came down to it um yeah, no, I I just don't think that they have enough. And to be honest with Dave Roberts, um, for a guy who's blessed with the team he has, I think he manages his way out of a lot of games in, in type yeah. of situations, which is ironic because he was the whole fucking reason the Red Sox won in 04. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just kind of ironic that that's how it happens. Like, he was, you know, the linchpin for... <laughs> that postseason run that the Red Sox had, but now he can't seem to manage his way out of a fucking paper bag when <laughs> it comes down to crunch time. <laughs> he made some really stupid decisions against the Astros a couple of years ago. I mean, last year, we talked about it before recording, it, for, there was that stretch in the beginning of the season where the Dodgers were playing like shit, and they wanted to fire Dave Roberts right then and there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, if, if you're an, a Dodgers fan, you have to feel not as great as other teams with their managers. If that, I mean... I think Joe Madden's a better manager than him. I think, um, honestly, I brought, I would probably take most managers over Dave Roberts in, the, in that, in the postseason in general.
0: Hmm. Huh. That's interesting. I think we'll have, you'd have to ask Dodgers fans what the, the pulse of Dave Roberts is right now.
1: That's the thing though. Like Dodgers fans, I feel like, I mean, the LA fans in general are just like not smart fans. Am I like, Totally off-base saying that. I, f- I think they just look at, like, they just want to see the numbers. They just want to see wins.
0: Mm, yeah, I can I can see that. You
1: know what I mean? Like, I don't think they're yeah. really going to lift the hood up and, and just look at it and say, oh, yeah, you know, when we have a runner on first and third with two outs, and I put a pinch runner on, the steal sign's going. And, like, that's not how they look at the game. It's a lot different than, you know, how you and I probably look at our teams when they play.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the conversation of casual baseball fan versus diehard baseball fan is really interesting to me
1: oh yeah cool. I mean it's a chess game when you break it down and I think that just in general LA fans don't really look at it that way I think for them it's like an excuse to just get out of fucking Hollywood and go check out a baseball game if they can stand yeah. the traffic to get there
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, have you ever been to Chavez Ravine?
1: no hmm
0: huh. I I have heard mixed things from no, I mean, from those that have been there. It's a super I've heard it's either, stadium, right? Yeah, but I've heard just just the viewing experience there, hmm. like not even like the concourse and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it doesn't look too appealing too when it's on TV. No, it does not. Like it, it looks like a glorified like college stadium that they just never renovated.
0: It it, it honestly kind of looks like Rosenblatt.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it just doesn't look like an appealing place to go watch baseball game. Yeah.
0: All right. You got any <laughs> closing remarks? <laughs> uh, no, I, I think we've milked all we can out of these three subjects. here.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think my only closing remark is I think I, um, I found the secret sauce of the Astros winning ways. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, you definitely did. Yep. And it starts with uh, some good old fashioned swinging and working from home. And yep. yeah, but go Yanks. <laughs> <laughs> but go Yanks.
0: Uh, <laughs> That's what that is that what Carlos Correa says when he works from home?
1: Uh no, I think he says, Justin move, it's hurting there.
0: <laughs> ah! <laughs> Jesus. Never, never pull the punch, never will. Alright, and with that, that wraps up episode 15 of Gap to Gap. I'm Tommy, he's 7 We're out. See ya.
1: Let's talk
0: about sex, man.
1: About sex mm.